You're listening to the Nicene Creed, a Lenten podcast series from Covenant Shreveport, a church on a mission to declare and demonstrate the gospel in all of life. Learn more about us at covenantshreveport.org. Hey, welcome to the Nicene Creed. My name is Weston Brown. This is our podcast about the historic statement of faith called the Nicene Creed that developed in the early church nearly 300 years after the time of Jesus. We drop two new podcasts each week on Wednesday and Friday. Our Wednesday episodes center on the history surrounding the creed and its development, but on Fridays, we explore the actual content of the creed itself. But before we do any of that, each episode we take a moment to read the creed. And as always, our hope is that you will make the effort to memorize this. So, join us in reading the creed aloud where you are today. To follow along, simply go to the link in our show notes. Okay, here we go. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He's spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So, last Friday, we began looking at the content of the creed. And if you missed that episode, be sure to go back and check it out. The episode is called, Who is God? As a reminder, the creed has three basic sections that reflect the fact that God is Trinity. So, the first section is about God the Father, the second section is about Jesus Christ the Son, and the third section is about the Holy Spirit, along with a few other important points. Today, let's begin section two. Here are the lines that we're going to consider. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. So one of the biggest challenges facing the Christian bishops who had gathered at the Council of Nicaea was in figuring out how to adequately talk about something as mysterious as the nature of God. The Hebrew faith from which Christianity flows 
had always affirmed the fact that God was one, meaning there were not other gods. But if there's only one God, then what do we do with Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit? Are they separate beings? Are they to be worshipped in the way that the Father is worshipped? Are they subordinate in some way to God the Father? As you can imagine, this all has the potential to be extremely confusing, even in today's world, where orthodox Trinitarian doctrine has pretty much been settled for a long time. There are still many who struggle to grasp the doctrine of the Trinity. To make matters even more problematic, the Bible does not expressly spell out a doctrine of the Trinity. In fact, that word isn't even found in the scriptures. The first council of Nicaea primarily met, as we've talked about, in response to a teaching put forth by a church elder named Arius. We'll discuss Arius in depth in our next episode, but for today, it's important for us to know a little bit about him because this second section of the creed that focuses in on Jesus is primarily a response to Arius' teaching that Jesus was not God, but instead a separate being that God had created, just like God created humans. In Arius's defense, he was probably also struggling to understand the doctrine of the Trinity. Arius believed fully in monotheism, that God is one, and that there aren't other gods. So he couldn't reconcile how Jesus could then also be God without there being multiple gods. So even though his teaching was ultimately wrong, he was perhaps attempting to guard a very biblical vision of monotheism. Much of the controversy created by Arius surrounded a word found in what is today possibly the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. The King James Version uses the language of the creed, so I'll read it for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That phrase, only begotten Son, is what is in view here, and specifically the word begotten. What does it mean that God begat Jesus? This word begotten comes from the Greek word monogenes, which is not only found in John 3.16. In fact, John's gospel uses the phrase in reference to Jesus several times. It's also found in a few other instances in the New Testament as well, primarily in reference to an only child. For example, in the story of Jesus healing Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8, verses 41 and 42, it reads, And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. So the emphasis here is on the fact that the girl was Jairus' only daughter. Arius believed that this indicated that the son was created by, or in a sense, birthed out by God, meaning that at some point, Jesus didn't exist. But that's not actually what John 3.16 claims. So, more modern translations, such as the ESV, don't use the word begotten. 
but instead emphasize the word only, which is the intention. For example, the New International Version says that Jesus is God's one and only Son. Jesus is God's only Son in that there are not other sons. The idea that Jesus was created in time by the Father is also counter to what Jesus claimed about himself. For example, in John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus expressly says, I and the Father are one. Also, in the high priestly prayer in John 17, Jesus prays for all who will one day come to know him, and he prays that they would be one, just like he and the Father are one. He says in verse 21, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. So, the writers of the Creed sought to find language to drive home the point that Jesus is God just as God the Father is God, and that there is still only one God, not multiples. Hence their language, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. To those outside the faith, this might sound like doublespeak. I mean, we began the creed by saying that there is only one God and he is the Father, the Almighty. But then we also believe in only one Lord, Jesus Christ. Thus is the mystery of God's triune nature. In many ways, God is unknowable to us. And while this all might sound unbelievable to you, if God is really God, if he really is the creator who spoke all things into existence, then it would make even less sense if we were able to somehow fully explain him or his nature away in normal human terms. God is not a man. So the writers of the creed are seeking to bring out this truth. He is the only Son of God. He is eternally begotten of the Father, meaning Jesus was not created by God in time, but rather in eternity past and in eternity future, Jesus has always been the only Son of God. And to make it even more clear, he is God from God, light from light. Even further, he is true God from true God. He has been begotten, not made. He is the only Son of God, and there is not a point in time when he didn't exist. He is of one being with the Father. They are of the same being, not separate beings. And then finally, through him all things were made. Now wait a minute, I thought we said that God the Father is the maker of all things, both seen and unseen. Yes, he is. But to drive home the oneness between the Father and the Son, the creed writers bring to the surface that the Son also created everything, which would make sense if he is of one being with the Father. This is also how John's gospel clearly begins. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Join us next time as we look at the man 
Arius, whose teaching about Jesus created a firestorm and whose false teaching still survives to this day among prominent groups, even here in America.